We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Oh, wow. You're actually wearing your hair down tonight. Yeah, because I finally decided that I love my hair. I figured out the solution for my morning frizz, midday poof, and even next day bedhead. It's Frizz E Secret Weapon Touch-Up Cream by John Frieda. Well, you and your hair look flawless. Flawless and touchable. Feel. Oh. See? It's soft. Smooth ends. No flyaways. Shiny. Well, I clearly need to get some because your hair looks amazing. Frizz E Secret Weapon. Only from John Frieda. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a tech-savvy royal family. Yes, yes, ever since the palace became Wi-Fi enabled, it's become so easy to use the Name Your Price tool on Progressive.com. I do agree, my queen. Simply telling it what we want to spend and seeing all our policy options, I'll send a screenshot to Duke. The Duke of Kent? No, my friend Duke. We're in a group chat together. LOL. It's easy to find insurance that fits your budget with the Name Your Price tool at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I wonder if Andrew's ever going to stop asking us if we're going to consider anybody else from NYCFC because we're probably not. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast with Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and J.D. Basil. Welcome, everyone. Uh, I'm sure it's just a bunch of fantasy soccer nuts here coming in for another fantasy soccer podcast, MLS edition. This is Andrew Laird, joined once again by J.D. Bazo and Skylar Redpath has rejoined us after taking a week off. And Skylar, uh, congratulations again and uh, 
I think you get a congratulations for some success last night on the uh, the Wednesday slate of MLS games, which is was a nice little surprise uh, for daily fantasy players. I think uh, what uh, what was the lineup actually that got you uh, got you the victories last night? Um, well, I rolled with pretty Portland heavy. Had Seattle, uh, Papa Dempsey Martins, which other than Papa. You know, Dempsey and Martins were pretty big let down, but the Portland guys came through, had a shutout from Corace, and of course, Rudy with the goal. Um, but yeah, it was a good night. It was a little bit of a surprise considering I was churning out lineups in the dark thanks to a <laughs> power outage. That's right. We're uh, taping this a, a day later just because, um, yeah, Skyler had no, no power last night. It was a weird slate when there are three games and only three goals are scored. All in and they're all at ten o'clock at night oh, or that, later. Yeah, ten. Yeah. I think it was t- two one ten o'clock and two ten thirties or yeah. Eastern time yeah, at least. So. Up late trying to grind out those clean sheets. <laughs> I had Gar- Gargan with one of my defenders as well, so I was you know flipping back and forth through all all three games um, late night, burning the midnight oil. But it worked <laughs> out. It was worth it. Yeah, it was a nice um, way to because it's kind of the Premier League idea of getting games kind of at the same time as opposed to the MLS weekend ones where you're essentially checking lineups from 5 Eastern to 9 Eastern, which is gets to be kind of a pain in the butt sometimes. But yeah. Uh, speaking of those fixtures, uh, we actually only have one this uh, Friday. It's Sporting KC in Dallas. And I, I'll i note right away that uh, Dom Dwyer's questionable with a neck injury. He didn't play last weekend. He's still not training. So it sounds like they're not they don't want to rule him out yet, but he seems pretty unlikely to play. Um, on the other hand, Espinoza is likely to play after uh, overcoming his issue. And then I'll note that our rankings are up, and I think, uh, J.D., you kind of had the benefit of knowing that Fabian Castillo might miss out. Um, he has been kind of poor. I don't want to say poor recently, but he's three straight games without a goal or an assist for him uh, is a little poor, but now he's got this knock. Did, do you have any idea what it is? Because all I've read is that he hurt himself in practice, but there was nothing really uh, other than that. Is it a? I think it's a hamstring. Is it a hamstring? Am, am I right on that, Skyler? Yeah, I think I saw today. He's he was training on the, off to the side. It sounded like more or less like it was just maybe uh, something to keep him fit, but nothing strenuous. I don't. It definitely sounds like he's not going to be in the lineup this weekend. Yeah, training yeah. on the side one day before the match usually isn't a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and I mean, Speed's his biggest asset, so if he's not 100% there, they probably just need to rest him. So who who do you go after? If you, do you try to get a replacement there, uh, J.D., or do you just kind of stay away from, from Dallas? Well, Mauro Diaz is my number one midfielder this week. He mm-hmm. drew eight fouls last game. He sure did. And, <laughs> and he is just back to, to bringing his A game. If he has to pick up more of the attacking responsibility without Castillo, I really like him a lot against Kansas City. And also, Blas Perez, uh, he, he had six shots against Montreal last game. And once again, if he's uh, just another focal point, one less uh, cook in the kitchen, then I like him a lot as well. Yeah, those are both solid plays. I think if you're going with, uh, maybe if you want to go a little differential, if you're really feeling like rolling the dice on Dallas's attack, uh, Akindele, of course, is in the mix. And then... David Teixeira, who hasn't gotten any playing time for a couple of weeks now, but seems like any time Dallas has a big injury up top, then Teixeira pops out of nowhere and uh, 
usually it seems like whenever he plays, he scores. So I'm, it's kind of baffling as to why he's not getting more playing time. But um, I'll keep an eye on the lineup, and if I feel like if I've got a hunch on Dallas, I might might roll one of those guys out. Yeah, they're both pretty cheap. Uh, I'm looking at DraftKings at least. Teixeira's at five thousand. Akindele's at fifty six. So those are, you know, you don't you can't get a lot of value um, usually in that price range. So certainly in in a Dallas attack, you've got to like that. But um, yeah, it's too Akindele's bad. Akindele's been he's been like eight thousand earlier this season, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he was, this is a this week is a huge price drop. Yeah, I think he's been. Uh, he was definitely overpriced. I think just because. You know, he was in that. He was basically in the tier with with Perez and Castillo. And right. He really shouldn't be. You know, shouldn't be in that group in terms of fantasy production. Um, you guys like anybody on the sporting side, particularly with Dwyer out? Yeah, if Dwyer's out, then Namath is definitely uh, an option, especially after what he did last week. I uh, think he's going to be. I think I heard JD last week saying that he's a type of guy that's not too flashy, but he just he's one of the types of players that just finds himself in the right place at the right time. He's a hard worker and he could very well pick up the slack. So yeah, he'll be a target and he's only fifty eight hundred. So um if you're playing anybody in that game from Kansas City aside from Phil Hobber, then Namath's probably my top play. Yeah, I think this is actually also his last game for he was called up to the hungry squad, so he's gonna miss Mm-hmm. Uh, at least one. I th- uh, yeah, he's going to miss one at the Seattle match na- next week, so this is the last one to uh, get your value out of out of him. Do you uh, do you go heavy on Failhaber as well, uh, JD, or do you like do you put him in that in that realm with uh, Diaz? Uh, I probably put him a little bit lower just because Dom Dwyer's out. Um, I don't know if Zussi's going to start or not, so I'm. Phil Hubbard's really good, but I like to have some people around him that are that are capable. And I I do like Nemeth, but the center of the defense for Dallas is just they're really quality with Matt Hedges and Zach Lloyd. So I'm shying away from Kansas City's attack a little bit this week. That said, Nemeth is only two hundred dollars more than Akindele, so I I probably would play Nemeth if you're looking for a forward in that range. Makes sense. Um, so the next uh, the next game is included both in a Saturday slate, at least on DraftKings, and this combo Friday-Saturday. I believe there are full-day Saturdays. Now that I've said that, it, yeah, there's a full-day Saturday. So this game is at 5 o'clock Eastern, is uh, San Jose and Toronto. And I wrote up some notes yesterday uh, to talk, the two guys I wanted to talk about from this game, both um, are apparently dealing with a few injuries. Uh, the first was obviously Sebastian Giovinco, who is averaging over 14 points a game. And what I what I love about him is that he's had double-digit points in every single game this season. I feel like you don't... Eventually, somebody got has to, you know, puts up a clunker, and he just hasn't done it yet. But he's apparently dealing with the heel injury, um, which isn't going to keep him out. He played 20-some-odd minutes against Man City on, uh, on Wednesday, which, you know, it's always nice to have to play a friendly in the middle of your season against a second-place team in the Premier League. But... Um, <laughs> Skyler, do you hesitate on Giovinco at all with this with this injury? You think he'll be fine? I don't. I'm, he's just been phenomenal this season. He's one of the guys that when I'm setting a lineup, if he's on the board, he's the first person I first player I click on. So, um, you know, apparently it's something that he's dealt with um, for some time now, maybe past couple of weeks. So, 
don't know the severity of it if it's just getting worse to where it's finally surfacing, but he's been he seems to have been playing just fine through it so far, so I'll continue to roll him out until until uh, he drops off. Yeah, I feel the same way. JD, you've been a, a big proponent of Michael Bradley over the last few weeks. Are you sticking with him? I mean, there's no reason not to, right? Yeah, I think so. It's, I mean, his price is crawling up towards 7000 which makes me a little bit nervous for someone like Bradley, who you usually want to stay away from in fantasy. But he's been playing really well. Um, San Jose also has, but I think Fatai Alashe is with the, the U23s now. Is that correct? Yes, it is. And he is, he's been a real big reason why San Jose's defense has been so good, the rookie in center defense. So I think Toronto's a good play all around this week. Um, San Jose's run kind of has to come to an end soon, I think, and this could very well be the time. And on, on Jovinko's note, it's ridiculous that Kaká is the player that's up at 11,700, which is virtually unplayable. If anyone should be there, that's Jovinko. It's a, it's a great point. I think, uh, yeah, Javinko's at 10-4. But yeah, 11-7, I feel like is almost more of a knock against the other midfielders than it is against Kaká. Not not that it's a knock against Kaká, but it's kind of like if you, you... I'm not sure you're going to pay up in the 9,500 range for anybody else at this point. I mean, maybe you would have, you know, Pedro Morales or earlier in the season, but I don't think anybody in the midfield's really playing well enough to get that. Uh, that high, uh, I guess Higuain kind of has the upside for it, but we can get to him in a little bit. But the other guy from this game I wanted to talk about was uh, Matias Perez-Garcia, who is apparently dealing with a leg injury but is going to be fine to play. He is one of these guys who is he's like a stat, fill, a stat sheet filler. And um, at $7,000, you know, it's not a crazy salary we're just talking about how Bradley's getting to that range but with like multiple shots multiple crosses multiple fouls drawn a game it's like if he if he scores he could really pay off I mean do you guys feel like he's worthy of of the 7,000 yeah if you're looking to play San Jose then he's worthy of 7,000 as a cheap price tag for a creative midfielder like him and yeah you said it he can put up 10 points without even putting his name on the score sheet just through crosses, fouls drawn, shots. Um, and, yeah, I think when he's able to contribute with an assist or a goal, then he's hitting close to 20 points or so. So definitely worth considering at that, at that price point. I just I don't know how confident, confident I am in playing San Jose against Toronto. It just seems like a lot of games at Toronto are low-scoring, kind of, have that feeling for this game as well so I'm probably going to stay away from him yeah I agree with Skyler uh Toronto's only given up three goals in their last five games they're drastically improving defensively and Perez Garcia I believe has somewhat of a, a little knock that he's carrying around um so while while he can be electric and he really is the player that makes that offense tick um I think I'm staying away from San Jose for the most part as well but congratulations to Wando on the way for getting to 100 <laughs> goals. What a beast. Yeah, second yeah. fastest, I believe, I, I read as well. So yep. he, he's at 10,200. He and Giovinco are the only ones over 10,000 in this uh, Friday, early Saturday slate. And then Castillo is the next highest at 9,400. So it's almost like it's, it feels like one of those days where we're going to be, you know, one of those contests where you have money left over, which 
you, you have just enough that it bothers you <laughs> where you start looking <laughs> elsewhere. So we, uh, there was an article by a guy named Neil Parker on Rotowire months ago. He's, uh, he was writing specifically about hockey, fantasy, daily hockey, but kind of applied to everything that you really should just not focus too much attention on salary if you have stuff left. That, uh, you know, salary cap formats are not auctions, that you, you don't have to go in with the goal of spending all of your money. You got to go in with the goal of getting the players that you want. And so I feel like that's something I'm going to have to keep telling myself in this, this Friday, Saturday slate. That's, yeah, that's, especially on the short slates, it really holds true. I last night, for example, I was really high on Rudy after I saw the DC United lineup come out. Yep, and I had him in one of my three GPP lineups. Um, the other, or actually, I think I had him in two of the three, but then the other two, I had just enough money to where I could squeeze Saborio in. And you know, when you say Saborio and your Rudy next to each other, then obviously Saborio is the more high-profile striker, so it was so hard not to, I mean, I had just enough to squeeze Saborio in, so I put him in, and of course, you know, Rudy does what <laughs> I was, yep. he, he would do, score a goal against a weak DC United team, and I, you know, I could have probably placed a couple more spots last night, but that's, I mean, it's definitely holds true, especially on a three-game slate. Yeah, I, I think one thing to note with that kind of theory of not needing to spend your salary cap on the short slate especially is it's kind of like a differential if you just um if you kind of not spend the money if you do you're likely ending up with the exact same players almost everybody else has trying to fit those higher price guys in just because you can it's a great point that's a great point uh speaking of uh, increased pricing we'll go to this next game vancouver and salt lake and we can just focus on saborio right there his price is up seven hundred bucks to eighty five hundred, and I was wondering, uh, JD, I'll start with you. Do you like him or Octavio Rivero more in this game? I like Rivero more in this game. Uh, the fact that RSL played last night isn't helping them at all in my mind. Um, I'm really leaning towards Vancouver, even though I like the the way RSL is trending. And Rivero's just you can count on him for a bunch of shots. And uh, Saborio, I don't know. It's it's a toss-up sometimes with him. I really wrote about how he's getting better this week in the MLS barometer, but Rivera is just too good. Yeah, Rivera, he's been quiet, but he's too much of a, a goal scorer to keep going on without a goal. So, I mean, he's going to be a guy that's going to pop up. He's been quiet for a few weeks now, but he's going to pop up with a two-goal game here, hat trick before too long. And if you're playing that Friday-Saturday slate, it, it pretty much is between Giovinco, Wando, Rivero, and Saborio. As I mentioned, Giovinco is the top option. I think Rivero is right there at number two. And then if you want to be a little differential, yeah, you gotta you gotta throw in Wando or Saborio. But for me, it's Giovinco and Rivero on this this uh, three game Friday Saturday slate. So obviously, if you want to fit in more than that, because um, it's tough to get those guys along with you know someone like. Mauro Diaz, where where do you guys fall, Skylar? I'll go back to you with a guy like either Kekuta Mane or Luke Moore. Like, do you do you find that they're worth getting a spot because you, that you can fit the other guys in, or is the upside not not there for you? Yeah, I usually I'll go with Mane, especially if I'm rolling out a Vancouver stack. Then I'll usually have Pedro Morales. Um, 
uh, Rivero and Mane all together. And generally, you know, if I've got 5,000 or so to spend at my flex spot, then that's where a guy like Mane will work in. And especially with Luke Moore's price, and he's he's probably going to be a target of mine too on this three-game slate just because he's at, I think he's at 3,900. Yeah. Hovering somewhere right around there. So uh, generally it comes down, it's probably one of my last plays just seeing how much bankroll I've got left. But uh, Mane is, I mean, he's a wild card. He could... He could show up with like a ten point game, or he could have he'd just be a flop and have a, a point or two. But his upside is there to where if you're playing in a GPP, then he's definitely worth rolling out. Yeah, I like Mane a lot, but he's been extremely disappointing lately. He's just not producing much of anything. So I would I would shy towards Luke Moore this weekend and um, just maybe take a look at Vancouver, see how Mane plays for next week. Yeah, the the other two guys, JD. I'll throw this one to you. Are two, um, well, yeah, t- two more RSL guys that seem pretty cheap to me. One was uh, Jao Plata, who, you know, is just sort of getting back now. So, I, do you think he might be able to get a start? And if so, do you think he's worth playing at forty nine hundred? I. He'd definitely be worth playing if he got a start, but I don't think he's going to start this weekend. He'll come off the bench, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, Javier Morales might start this weekend, which is really interesting. <laughs> that might not answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he's only 7,800, so that's a pretty... I agree with you that the the upside paying for somebody like that is, is interesting. The other cheap guy that I was looking at was um, Mulholland, who uh, I think he's in the 5,500 range or so. Yeah, Mulholland is really good. I like him. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure you were a proponent of his. I, I mean, maybe not so much for fantasy, but in terms of real-life value to Salt Lake, he's he's awesome. He just does anything that's necessary, and he usually pops up in the right spot and can get a goal or two. Um, maybe even go a little cheaper for Luis Gill. Hmm. Um, he's he's much more active in when you watch him on TV than his DraftKings points would indicate. I'd I'm kind of lost for words on how to explain that one. Well, Skyler will have a theory about the stats guy who's counting all the the stats. Uh, doing <laughs> well, it, they're but... like they're like whose line is it anyway? Points. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it's getting a little bit better as as uh, MLS on DraftKings rolls on. So I will add that, that uh, needs to be the case. Mulholland's got a goal and two assists in his last three, so he's at least getting on a score sheet uh, on that side. So I think that yep. one's pretty good. So. Uh, next one is DC United in Philly. We kind of touched on DC United off the pod about the uh, squad that they threw out on Wednesday, which um, let's just say left a little to be desired. But uh, Espindola sounds like he's still out, uh, but Rolf is back in. Is that a guy that you you would roll with, Skyler? Yeah, definitely. I think Philadelphia has been on a little bit of a roll, so they've got some momentum. But Rolf is, especially with Espindola out, he's going to be kind of DC's go-to guy. So they've had a, a couple of disappointing weeks as well um, just leading up to this game. So this could be a game that they're targeting to get back on track and Rolf could have a good game. So, yeah, I'm going to target him. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking at Rolf this weekend. DC rested a lot of their quality players uh, last night. So they're going to field a, a full squad probably against Philadelphia, minus the Spindola, of course. 
And Philadelphia is just, I know they've had, what, two straight good results, but they're just still a poor team. They have the worst passing success rate uh, in the Major League Soccer. So Rolfs, I think, is a great bet to get on the scoreboard. And he's a kind of a sneaky play because you have to pay up for him, and not many people are going to do that with better options or flashier options on the board. Yeah, the other guy that I wanted to talk about was uh, Christian Maidana, who had two assists last week, and his price dropped by 200 bucks. Uh, he seems like a must-play. He, like, he's starting to get into that that place where, yeah, you know, when he's under 7,000, which he is now, 6,900, with the number of crosses that he throws in, it, you know, he's going to get a few assists by accident that y- you have to play him, uh, particularly... Um, well, I don't want to say particularly against DC United because they've been decent, but is there a matchup you, um, where you wouldn't play him, Skyler? No, I think Madonna has been, especially on his crosses, he's been back to back seven crosses in a game. Before that, he had 10 crosses. There was a game sandwiched in there where he had zero crosses, but. <laughs> yeah, four, yeah, it's kind of weird, but four Skyler games. Skyler probably counted twenty that game. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But no, it's. Uh, I mean, it's, you're getting a point for, per cross, so that's you know that's over a goal just based off his crossing ability, and that's something that 6900 that you can't just pass up. He's going to be, he's one of those guys, especially when I'm down to like 6900 in my bankroll. If I'm trying to figure out a player to sneak in, then he's going to be the guy that I slot in just based off of his crossing ability. All right, let me jump in here. I really like Maidana, but on a eight-game slate, I believe eight games, right, or is it just seven? Uh, Seven. Seven. Okay, on a seven-game slate, I just think there's so many better options to go with. DC United has one of the best defenses now. They have Bobby Boswell and Steve Birnbaum just got back from injury. Um, You know, they play... Great defense. Philadelphia is on the road. Um, they're, you never know who's going to start for them. I don't think Arista Guieta is going to get in for what They're going to put Connor Casey up top, who is a statue. Um, their forwards just trip over the ball. So if you're in a 50-50 game, maybe you want to take Maidana. But if you're in a tournament, I think you have to go for a, a higher upside option. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, it seems to me that, you know, I, I have been playing the Premier League game for most of the season. It seems to me that the pricing for defenders on DraftKings is much higher for MLS than it is for um, for the Premier League. But So one of the guys I looked at, um, and uh, J.D., I'd like you to, to touch on him now, is uh, Fabinho, who has had two pretty good games. One, I think, was off the bench, but... Um, at 4,600, I thought to myself, that's pretty expensive. But then I looked, and there, I think there might be 15 defenders that are more expensive than him. I'll note that the, the top two, Jordan Allen and Breck Shea, are both out this week. Uh, Allen is in New Zealand, and Shea suspended. But um, what do you make of Fabinho? Well, I don't think Fabinho is a good defender, <laughs> um, maybe when he jumps into the attack, he can he can definitely get some points. He's quick, and um, I know there was a lot of talk in Philadelphia during the expansion draft. They didn't keep or they didn't protect a couple players the fans really liked, and the fans were upset that they kept Fabinho just because he was young. Um, 
So once again, I like DC United's defense, so I'm probably not looking at Fabinho for his attacking potential this week, but he's getting into the conversation, and like you said, I think eight defenders are at $5,000 or more, so you have to take your value where you can find it there. Yeah, it's, yeah, I think Fabinho is the type of guy that with Connor Casey starting, that's kind of what Phillies seems to have resorted to the past couple of games, and somehow it's worked out for him. But I think Fabinho has benefited from that the most, and he's getting up and down the flank, swinging crosses in. So especially on DraftKings with their scoring format, it's it benefits a player like Fabinho, even if, uh, like JD said, he's not the best defender in the league. Um, it's fan- for fantasy purposes. At 4,800 or 4,600, he's worth looking at. But I, on a big Saturday slate, I'm probably not going to go with him. Yeah, guys, he did He did make team of the week. <laughs> yes. Did, do you guys think that DC scores multiple goals? Yes. Yeah, I could see it being like a 2-1 game or something. So, yeah, multiple goals there. Yeah, because one of the things I really like about DraftKings, is, and, and Mondo Gold does it too, is the one goal allowed at, points as opposed to just losing everything if they give up a single goal that, that has long been a bone of contention with me in terms of fantasy soccer just that you know if you some dumb penalty in the third minute all of a sudden your clean sheet's gone with 87 to play <laughs> it's just so unbelievably frustrating but uh-huh. um, the next game I'd like to talk about is Colorado Portland and JD I'm gonna start with you because you love both of these teams or at least you really like Colorado, um, and specifically Gabriel Torres. You uh, wrote yes. about him this week, and how good is he? For fantasy purposes, he's very good. In real life, he is well above average for MLS. <laughs> and he hasn't been, when the, since they acquired him, I believe, over two years ago, he was really disappointing. And this season, he just looks in much better shape. His quality is a lot better, and now they're surrounding uh, him and Powers with some good players, and you can't expect it to all go um, 100% well right away. They need some time to gel, but I mean, for, for the first time in quite quite a while, Colorado is an interesting offense to watch. And Portland also is, they're kind of the same way. They're not a team you can bank on every week, but they're a really interesting offense with a lot of... Um, pieces for daily fantasy that are both affordable and kind of wild cards. So, Skylar, yeah. do, you, do you like the attacking options from Portland or Colorado better? For this game, I like Portland better, but Colorado's, I mean, they've been, uh, for me, Colorado's been, you know, pumping up their offense, trying to compete, but it's still... There's, it's still going to take some time to click. I mean, you've got guys like Kevin Doyle who's scored some big goals over in England, but for me, any any new player to MLS, there's a little bit of a learning curve, so I think it's going to be the same. And until Colorado breaks out, then I'll probably be staying away from him other than just trying to slide one of those, one of the Kevin Doyle or Solignac, slide one of those guys in as a uh, differential cheap value play just – because they're priced so low right now. But yeah, yeah, as far as... Good. I was just saying, as far as the attack that I like best at this moment, I mean, I'd say I'd still probably stick with Portland. What player are you looking at from Portland, though? They're just... 
I don't know. I look at the options there, and it's just perplexing on who I'd even want to take my chances with. Yeah, this game I'm probably going to – last night I actually had Will Johnson and some of my yep. winning lineups, and he's at 3,000. He made his return from a broken leg, and he he's definitely under the radar, especially being priced at 3,000. But And he could uh, be on free kicks. Yeah, he's over free kicks. He's over In corner corners. Kicks. Yep. So at 3,000, he's definitely um, somebody I'm probably going to include in most of my lineups this weekend, um, even at a – you know, pretty solid Colorado defense, but yeah, no, I mean, this game is, is kind of tricky. I could see it being a pretty defensive battle or I could see Colorado, um, you know, coming out and showing off their new toys. Um, Doyle getting a goal, Solignac contributing. So that's, yeah, it's kind of a tricky game for me, but who knows? Yeah, I might, might throw a Colorado stack in there just, just for the fun of it and see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of have the feeling with the Portland guys that JD was kind of hinting at that I just can't, I don't play any of them with any confidence that, you know, you stick Adi or Nagby or Wallace in there and I feel like it's, I, I'm i giving up those points. <laughs> that, I, <laughs> that I should just spend a little more time and find a better alternative because the, they're just so uh, inconsistent that, I, I feel like I, if I'm going to throw a dart, I might as well throw a dart on guys that I at least feel like have a little more upside, like somebody like Doyle or Selignac that you know could could surprise a few people. Have you guys heard how long Valeri could be out? I know he's you know he's already missed this week and he's going to miss the weekend, but it's not a super long term, is it? Well, I, every time I type it into Google to see, I just start to cry, and then <laughs> I uh, I just I can't get the nerve to hit enter, so. I don't know. It, what a tease. Mm. I was so excited. Yeah, from what I'm reading, I don't think it's going to be anything serious, so I could see him sitting out this game and probably being back in the mix in the next game or two. That would be nice. That would be nice. I hope so. Uh, next up is New York City FC and the Dynamo. And we found out this week that Frank Lampard and also uh, Steven Gerrard are not coming until I believe July 8th was the date. There was kind of some talk of whether, how quickly they could join, as if they haven't just played a full Premier League season. But uh, I think there's some transfer rule situation, which is uh, what's keeping them there. But do you, uh, Skyler, have anybody on New York City that you would play other than David Villa? Ooh, um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe Josh Saunders. Um, <laughs> and he kept them. He kept uh, New York City in the game. Uh, see who's their last game against. You could be talking about team. almost all of their games. Yeah, Salt Lake yeah, was the last. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, he's he's really, been their best player, I think. Yep. Yeah. So he's for the well. It looks like his price has gone up, but <laughs> he uh, yeah, it was against Salt Lake. So he was playing at Salt Lake, and I, that was a game I was watching. And Salt Lake should have won that game like four or five yeah, nil. Should have. Yep. He only looks like he only came out with four points that game, but playing at home. That yeah, could be a sneaky play. I could see Saunders picking up a uh, pretty big game. It's been four straight that he's given up multiple goals, which is certainly not yeah. ideal. But yeah. you think with the, with Houston, with guys like you know Barnes just peppering shots at him, you'd you'd think that there could be a high save total there. That's that's a good point. But yeah, no, I really like Via though. I think Via's he's. As uh, much as I hate to say, somebody's due for a big game. 
I know JD <laughs> loves that term there. But I think Villa is due for a, a big breakout game, similar to what we saw from Kaká a week ago or two. And uh, Houston, I mean, it seems like they've shored up their defense a little bit over the past couple of weeks, but it's the same Houston team that gave up back-to-back four-goal games. And if New York City's um, going to have a big breakout game, could be this weekend. Yeah, if if David Villa is due for a goal, then Will Bruin is due for an entire season of hibernation <laughs> after <laughs> these two goals. Um, I'd, I wonder if Andrew's ever going to stop asking us if we're going to consider anybody else from NYCFC because we're probably not. Um, Mehdi Belushi is not on my radar. Pablo Alvarez maybe at 4,300 if I'm super desperate for some salary relief, but yeah, this game isn't one I'm terribly excited about. Well, I'm going to ask you until Lampard shows up, and then the question <laughs> will be whether the two Oh, I, I can't wait to see how overpriced he is. Yeah, uh, I think that's that's fair. If you took a guess right now what his opening weekend price would be, what do you think it is? 8800 Yeah, I was going to say 9000 Wow. I think that's probably I, right, but gosh, that's high. I'm I mean, you know people will be all over it. Oh, yeah. I'm glad they're not getting here yet. It It's going to be nice that they get some rest before they come over because that's a huge factor when players come over midseason. A lot of them are, are extremely tired and just it's tough enough to fit in with the long travel and everything. So it'll be good for them. Yeah. The guy that uh, I also wanted to talk about was Brad Davis, whose price went up 800 bucks to 8800 after a giant three points last week. <laughs> uh we have kind of touched on a little bit, and I, I wish I had the stats because I don't, about uh, you know opponents crossing in this uh, miniature field that they have at Yankee Stadium. But it seems like – I think I might just stay away from Houston, even how as poor as, as New York City FC have been. I, th- I think I'm staying off pretty much everybody as much as I love Giles Barnes usually. But do you guys like Davis or is there really anybody else you'd consider? I know Will Bruin's not the answer. So, <laughs> For me, I've always been a fan of Davis, and I think the drafting scoring suits his game well. But at 8,800, it's really tough to play him. And like you said, I've kind of noticed since you pointed that out a few weeks ago on the podcast, it, it really seems like some of the better crossers of the ball have not fared as well at Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just a coincidence or if it is really the small field. Um, but, yeah, it's... it's something worth taking into account and at 8800 for me a guy like brad davis you can probably say that christian madonna has got about the same upside as him so like we talked about earlier he's priced almost a couple thousand dollars cheaper than davis so if it comes down to um needing a midfielder and, and really wanting to count on somebody just for their crossing ability then i'll probably go with madonna I, I agree with that. Maidana is probably the better play. But I will say this. The the small field is made up for on the fact that free kicks are probably going to be closer to goal uh, for Brad Davis. And he, he can hit a mean free kick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Davis is the third highest priced midfielder this week behind Kaká and Higuain, who conveniently are playing in the next game we're going to talk about. So All right. We've got Kaká, who, as we said earlier, is now up to 11,700. He's got goals and two straight, but if I remember correctly, they're both penalties. Do, do I remember that correctly? Yes. Yes. So 
So you're paying eleven thousand seven hundred for a guy who hasn't scored an outfield goal in I, I don't know how long it's been. Has, does he even have one this year? I think I think he's up uh, to five goals this year. Is he up to five or four? Oh, is it four? Well, I see. I'm looking here. He had one four twelve against Portland and one three twenty eight against Montreal. I think he had uh, one in their opener too, didn't he? Pre, uh, uh, it doesn't go back that far. Pre yeah, DraftKings, right. yeah. So. Uh-huh. But um, that's yeah. that's a hefty price for. It's absurd. <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't fit that into a fifty thousand dollar salary. It it just makes it no fun for me because I'd like to get him in, um, in like a one or two lineups just to have the upside. But you, it's really tough to to get him in there reasonably and fit in some other good players, particularly when there's a so many options this weekend. Yeah, it's really tough. I, I'm going to try to squeeze him in, especially with Will Johnson at 3,000. I think there's going to be some opportunity there to make it happen. I really think that this Orlando-Columbus game is going to be a fun one. Um, I could see it being a high-scoring affair. So, you know, the um, as far as the goals from open play, that hasn't been there. But Kakaz, other than Kyle Aaron, I think Eric Avila might be an option. But Kaká is really Orlando's go-to guy, especially with Breck Shea out now. I think he's going to be called on even more to produce. So if it gets into a goal-for-goal goal game, then Kaká is somebody that's going to be, uh, that you're going to want to have in your lineup. So if I can make it work, then I'm going to squeeze him into a lineup or two. I think Skyler has been brainwashed by some Orlando City fans that he thinks they're <laughs> going to be able to compete so strongly with Columbus. Uh, I I'm really favoring Columbus this weekend. Like you said, Breck Shea's out. Their offense was already kind of overachieving with all the injuries they had and absences. So I think they're going to come back down to earth a little bit. And it could cause a great player, but it, Columbus is really good. The, the one thing I'll say is Columbus's defensive center midfield spot is kind of um, in shambles. I think somebody's has on a red card again. So you're locking Higuain in then? I, I mean, Saeed's, uh, no, Columbus's defensive midfield is uh, is weak. So maybe that, that benefits Kaká, but I think overall Columbus is going to control the game. Yeah, yeah, for, I, think, uh, I think you're right. I think Higuain, though, against that, like you said, with uh, Orlando City's defensive mid lacking, I think Higuain's a top option for sure. Yeah, I agree. If you guys could only have Higuain or Kamara, who would you choose? Kamara. Before you, or I'll take that. <laughs> Fine. Kamara's last four games points on DraftKings are five, thirty-three, seven, and twenty-nine. Oh, so you think there's a pattern? Well, I don't know. If, I'm just <laughs> I'm just laying some facts out. I don't want to have to jump to any conclusions there. But so you like Kamara, uh, Skyler? Which one do you prefer? If you can only fit one, who are you fitting in with Kaká? I'm probably gonna go with Kamara, but I'm gonna have some lineups with all three of those guys in. So, it's, wow! Uh, send yeah, me gonna... a send me a picture on Twitter of how that works out. <laughs> Not that no, it's, it's gonna be bad, but I want to see I want to see who you fit. Yeah, well, when I looked at the slate, and that was one of the games that I looked at, and just said that's that should be some fantasy points right there. So, um, all three of those guys are gonna be. Uh, good options this Saturday. Iguain's one of the, he's probably more consistent than Kamara, but Kamara's probably got a little bit, little bit more upside and just that 
Columbus looks to him to score goals. So yeah, it's not that not that Camara yeah. has a, a low price tag. I mean, he's at ten six, which is the second highest. But I feel like looking at Kaká's price, I would happily play eleven hundred bucks less for the upside that Kamara has. Oh yeah, well here's a here's just looking at the DraftKings points. Kamara has twenty or more points in six games, and he has less than that four games. So I mean the upside is just immense. He has three two goal games this season already. He gets off a ton of shots. Um so I think I mean Kamara's probably the top play other than Dempsey in fantasy at this point. You could argue Kamara's a, a better play. Him and Javinko. I was just about to say, is Javinko not ahead of it, both? Yeah, I think Kamara and Javinko are, are one two on this slate for sure. Yeah. Kamara's the leading goal scorer in the league and he's the type of player that I mean, if anybody follows him on Twitter, you can tell that he just he thrives on stuff like that. So, and he's having he's, fun. That helps. Oh yeah, yeah, he's having fun. He's back in MLS, back with the crew, so he's having a good time scoring goals. And now he's playing an expansion team. Granted, they did uh, <laughs> shut out a weekend LA to- LA team last time they were at home, but I don't see it happening against Columbus. Yeah, weekend is putting it kindly. Yeah, yeah. I think they would have lost to that D.C. squad that played this week. Um, (laughs) Moving on in the next game, we've got Chicago and Montreal, two teams that I think are actually much better than at least I expected at the beginning of the season. Uh, The guy that I wanted to talk about first is David Akam, who as of five weeks ago was 4200 bucks on DraftKings, and he's now 6500 and it still seems like a really good price, particularly at home against Montreal. You guys both ranked him uh, fairly highly, you know, even without, you know, we, we do our rankings kind of, I don't want to call them priceless, but it's, it's not a huge concern. Skylar, you had him fifth uh, amongst all forwards. So you have him ahead of Wando, Giles Barnes, Castillo, Saborio, and J.D., you have him, uh, let me see here, eighth, which is still pretty good. You know, it's ahead of um, Gabriel Torres and Blas Perez. So... At 6,500, is he just like the the perfect flex play this week? Yeah, I think yeah. the price point makes him, for me, that was why I ranked him so high. It was based off of his 6,500 price tag. So, but he's um, been putting up some points, too. It's not like, he, I mean, he's putting up value for a guy who's, you know, at 8,500, at least of, of late. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And for... For the price and for the production that he's been putting out, and yeah, it's that's why I've ranked him ahead of guys like Wondolowski. So, um, and plus, you know, he's at home. Chicago's in need of a, a good result, and you know, Montreal's been decent as of late, but they've also been shown some vulnerability in the back. So, I could see a calm having another big game. Yeah, um, I like a calm a lot. Let me say that home field advantage is not a factor for Chicago. It it's probably <laughs> depresses their players more than anything. I think their be- their one chant the fans know is fire, fire. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm just that doesn't Chicago's, get you fired up. It's not not in the least. Um, a a comms has four double digit points in five games. That's those stats are kind of cheesy, but I like to look at them. It just tells you what they're what kind of floor you can expect on DraftKings. And the only reason I wouldn't play him is because everybody's going to be playing him. That's a fair yeah, point. He'll be popular this weekend. That's a fair point because there really isn't anybody 
kind of in that in that range that can put it's up a, points like him. Yeah, it's a really weird range for forwards too yeah, because is. there's a lot of good values, but I'm I'm kind of the mindset I like to get two really expensive forwards and then there's always one or two guys you can fit in that flex spot for like between 3000 and 4500 whether they're surprises on uh when the rosters come out, but maybe Seleniak is I was just about to say that Seleniak. Yeah. So or Luke Moore, right? Yeah, he's in this slate. So, yeah, I'm not sure that I'll be taking too much of him in tournaments, but in 50-50s, he's obviously a great option. And how much, um, Skylar, do you like Piotti, who has 39 points in his last two games? He's been uh, he's been really solid the past two games, but on this slate here, I don't know if I'm going to have him in too many lineups. Um what is he at? He's 7,900. 7, he was at 59 four weeks ago. <laughs> uh, it's tough. But, yeah, I mean, it looks like he's been picking up the slack with all their with the lack of options that they've had in the attack. So, I don't know. He might be, might be worth a roll of the dice. I mean, he's been uh, – Chicago hasn't been world beaters in the back. So, with Scotty's production lately, he's – yeah, he's worth a look at 7,900. Yeah, I think the the thing about Chicago is they're going to let a lot of shots against, I feel like. Um, and Piotti just, he always finds ways to to get open, get himself the ball, take the shots, no matter if his team's getting 30% of the possession or 60% of the possession. He pretty much plays exactly the same. So I like Piotti a lot, and Sean Maloney is only a couple hundred bucks cheaper, and I also like him a lot. Hmm. So you guys think that there are goals on both sides in this one? Yeah, this is the most intriguing game for Daily Fantasy apart from maybe the Portland game with Colorado just because they're two teams that you wouldn't necessarily look to for for your to center your fantasy lineups around, but if you get these two games right, I think you're going to have a lot of success this weekend. Hmm. Yeah, I think this one will go under the radar. I think uh JD's right about Maloney. He's Chicago brought him in as one of the, you know, guy that they're Looking to as a playmaker, he's been kind of hit or miss. Um, he's had some big games here and there, but he is another player who I feel like has a monster game right around the corner. And it could be this one. I mean, he's uh, 7,500. He's definitely going to be an option. I think the just with all the other options on the board that this game will fly under the radar. So, uh, yeah, if you can find the right plays from this game, Akam, Maloney, maybe Piotti. Igboa Nike. If he starts up top, Jack yeah. McInerney. I mean, there, there's a lot of sneaky players in this game, uh, Joven Jones on defense included. Um, mm. And, yeah, one thing I'll say about midfield is, the apart from Kaká, pricing really doesn't affect me too much in the midfield. You just want to get the best two guys uh, because it's just DraftKings hasn't gotten their pricing down for midfield yet. It's such a weird assortment of prices and talent and potential um so i'd just say get who you want in the midfield first that's how i've been playing uh daily fantasy for mls lately and for you those two this week are diaz and i'm looking at your rankings here you have kaka but you think that well, diaz is isn't on this slate right oh i'm sorry that's right that's right um so let me take a look at who i have i have piotti number three actually yeah. and um Iguain would be up there. I think mm-hmm. I have Maloney pretty high. Fail Haber's not on this slate. 
Pedro Morales is, correct? Yeah, yep. Pedro Morales is in play. Javier Morales is definitely an option if he uh, plays. So, yeah, there's a lot of good options, but it's just sometimes I feel like there's so many options, but there's so few I want to play, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's kind of how I always feel about Portland. <laughs> so the guy, the other one I want to talk about is not going to have any effect this week, but it sounds like Mike McGee is going to be getting closer to a return. How long do you guys wait until thinking about him for a lineup? Go ahead, Skyler. Uh, for me, it's definitely a wait-and-see approach, just see how much Chicago um, wants out of him from the get-go. I think, like, you know, take, for instance, Real Salt Lake, Plata made his return. He played a minute in his return. So <laughs> just, like, if you're really counting on somebody to uh, come back off such a, a big injury like McGee's going to be uh, returning from, I think it's somebody that you got to take a wait-and-see approach on before you go all-in on him. Um, Will Johnson, on the other hand, you know, he came off a pretty big injury himself, and he just he almost played 90 minutes. Of course, he looked gassed by the time that he came out of the field. Um, but I was surprised to see him as active as he was. Um, so I don't know. I think uh, McGee's an interesting option. Once he's in full swing, he's definitely going to be a, a great DFS option. But right now, for me, I'm I'm not going to consider him until I see kind of what Chicago does with him. Yeah, I was curious to hear Skyler's answer because he's been playing fantasy back when uh, McGee was dominant in the MLS. Uh, was was the year you won FMLS? Was that his MVP season? Uh, took it down. I think it was twenty twelve. So that sure. might have been his MVP season. I yeah, think. but uh, so it, yeah, yeah, I definitely had him in some lineups uh, when I was playing back then. So he, I think he was. Is the LA Galaxy back then still? Well, Galaxy traded him to the fire mid yeah, season. Yeah, it was two, 2013. Was McGee? Know. 2012 okay. was Wando. Gotcha. Ah, there you go. Um, so McGee, I think, is a player I'm going to miss out on his first big performance in DFS. I I just really need to see it from him in that lineup with all those options before I before I will buy in on him at what I expect to be a high price. Yeah, I mean, Valeri, I feel like, was producing rather quickly. He didn't start right away, obviously, but his, his was a pretty serious injury coming back from. And Yeah. You know, they're obviously different injuries. Players are all different, but you know, there is some precedent, at least, about guys producing fairly quickly until they then hurt their ankles again. Yeah, you're not coming back into the best league in the world. So, I mean, like, Jovinko with only one heel and the other heel falling off is still <laughs> a, a great play. Right. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, that's the end of the Saturday slate. So I'm very intrigued by both of these Sunday games, and we can kind of talk about them all together since we, uh, you know, it's only four teams. So Chris Tierney, who is has been a pretty easy, you know, plug into a lineup is out this week after picking up a red card so we're left with um you know some i don't want to say not as interesting it seems like tyrone mears is going to be the the top guy do you guys increase uh london woodbury's value because tyranny's out or does it kind of stay the same jd when you jump in there um it it stays the same or goes down. His his price is just getting way up there. 
And he's good, but he's not a, a guy I'm going out and looking to to target right away when I build my lineups. He's kind of a guy where at the end I'm looking to fit a defender in. And if he's there and I can fit him, great. If not, I don't lose any sleep over that whatsoever. So plus they're playing LA who I think is gonna gonna handle them pretty well. Even even at Gillette Stadium? Yeah, I mean defensively I don't think well, Woodbury's not going to have too much offensive potential because L.A.'s defense is so good. And I think L.A. is going to be getting back into the swing of things in their attack. They didn't really field a very good lineup again this Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So I think they might come with full force on Sunday. It seems like we're getting close to the Robbie Keane start. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I think this weekend I think L.A. will probably shy away from it. Uh, coaches generally tend to hold players coming off an injury back a little bit, especially on turf over at uh, Gillette Stadium. So I could see Bruce Arena holding Keen out, maybe letting him come on for a um, you know, 20-minute cameo at the end of the game, try to pick up a goal. But as far as the start this weekend, I don't know if it's going to happen. Yeah, Bruce Arena doesn't care about this game whatsoever. I mean, they beat them in MLS Cup. He doesn't have anything to prove. And he knows it's about the the long haul. He doesn't care if they win, tie, lose. It doesn't make a difference. They're going to make the playoffs, and they're going to make a run to the cup. Yeah, that being said about Keane, too, I mean, don't don't sleep on him. I could totally see a Keane in 20 minutes scoring a goal. Um, He had an assist in, what, 15 minutes or so his first game back, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, Keane, if you told me he was going to play a a half, if you told me I'd get 45 minutes out of him, I would definitely consider him even at the ridiculous price he's what nine thousand mm-hmm. uh, that's actually a bargain i was gonna say he's behind charlie davies yeah he's the best goal scorer in the league so even even one half then you're you've, you're setting yourself up for a good shot at, at uh, nicking a goal yep so for fantasy purposes we'll go to this to the other game for a second jd do you like the seattle midfield or the red bulls midfield more I like the Red Bulls midfield more. They're just tougher to pick from this <laughs> week especially. Yep. Lloyd Sam has not been himself with this. I think he has a hamstring injury too, kind of like Castillo. They're both really fast, dynamic players, but if they can't use their speed to their full potential, they kind of become um, not non-factors, but they become way less ga- uh, game-changing than they should be, and I don't think they're daily fantasy options with hamstring injuries. Um, and Marco Papa, for all the credit we've been giving him and talking about him, and he puts up good DraftKings scores, but last night, his amazing, beautiful goal was his first one of the season. <laughs> so, I mean, if if you want to try and pick a guy that's probably not going to score, go ahead and take him. But uh, I don't know. I'm leaning towards Felipe Martins this week. Um yeah, I maybe try and sneak something in there from the other game in the midfield. Yeah, I think when you're talking about a midfield, just looking at the midfield in general, as far as the depth goes, and New York's got the better fantasy options, Felipe, Lloyd Sam, even Kleshton. Um For me, Papa, I still, still go back to, especially just considering he's providing service to Dempsey and Martins, two of the fiercest strike partners in the league. And aside from the the goal aside, he's just one of the best crossers and passers 
in the league over the past few years or when he's been, you know, active in MLS. So at home against Red Bulls and what's probably going to be a pretty high high profile game and Papa's going to be on my radar. He's going to be pretty high on the radar for me. Yeah, for for the record, I really agree about him being a a really quality player. I think what bothers me about Papa is every he's like a calm. Everybody's going to have him because he's producing so many DraftKings points um, consistently for a low price. Yep. Yeah, the uh, Lamar Nagel seems to have complete. I mean, has anybody even heard his name since he had the that two goal game? No, you should retweet my. Uh, barometer from a couple months ago saying he was terrible yep i certainly will do that because and then he had a hat trick i think that week right or he was two goals yeah two (laughs) goals (laughs) yeah he could be right there along with connor casey is one of the most frustrating fantasy players because he's gonna pop up here soon with another two or three goal game could it be this weekend with uh yeah with seattle on the back end of a two game week this week who knows, but um, I don't know. I mean, he's he's the potential is there. He's got high upside. Last year, he was when I was just playing the season-long league, he was always a target because it seemed like he was always popping in with some big games. And when you had him in your lineup and somebody else didn't, climbing up the ladder pr- pretty quick. So I don't know. He's frustrating, but he's uh, worth keeping an eye on him. If, if he's starting this weekend, he might be worth throwing out in a two-game slate. It really, it really depends what the Red Bulls throw out on defense because they can have a, a quality defense or if they're missing one of their starters, their defense really takes a hit in my eyes in terms of effectiveness. Yeah, I think that's that's absolutely a, a fair point. I think Lawrence is dealing with a little bit of an injury too, which right. um, certainly doesn't help. But the guys I wanted to kind of put back and forth, it's – it seems like the gap, at least in terms of price, well, it doesn't seem it has, between Charlie Davies and Juan Agudelo is now $1,500 in favor of Davies, which I don't think they were ever that far apart uh, when Agudelo was a little more expensive. But, J.D., is Skyler worth uh, – Skyler worth <laughs> – uh, <laughs> Skyler's definitely worth it. Is, is Charlie worth $1,500 more, Charlie Davies, more than Agudelo? You will never see me play Charlie Davies for ninety four hundred dollars. <laughs> okay, I, he's you. Ha, you're relying on a goal, and if he gets a goal, does that really is that really worth ninety four hundred dollars compared to some of the other uh, even higher upside people you can get at that price? I don't think so. And for, yeah, the, especially the one shot goal. <laughs> yeah, one shot, one goal, especially against LA. I mean, him versus Omar Gonzalez is not a matchup that I would uh, ever favor him in. So, I. Between those two, I'd go Agadello, but I like Giassi Zardes um, for $1,000 cheaper than Davies and 500 more than Agadello. Yeah, on a two-game slate, it's going to be super tough to take Charlie Davies at 9400 especially when Obafemi Martins is $400 more and Dempsey is just, over, just less than $1,000 more. Um, those guys are more reliable. They have higher upside, unless you really feel like taking a, a risk with uh, New England's attack against L.A., then I'm going to stay away from Davies. Um, as far as Aguidelo goes, and, you know, his price is right at about considering range, but still it's just 
there's so many uh, better options at forward on the board that I'm probably going to stay away from both of those guys. Yeah, if you want to put all your eggs into one basket to score a goal, then just get Alan Gordon for 5,500. Because he, he's like Charlie Davies in that he won't do get too many other stats except maybe a couple shots and a goal. Yeah, he'll come on with uh, four minutes left in injury <laughs> time and get you 15 fantasy points. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of, of reduced time, what's the, the minimum number of minutes that you would take Robbie Keane over Charlie Davies? Meaning, like, if you were told Keane is only going to play 20 minutes, would you take him over Charlie Davies? I wouldn't because, I mean, that's just me thinking logically. My, <laughs> my, my heart says yes. It says absolutely, gonna, right? <laughs> yeah, if you're going to get, say, 75 minutes out of Charlie Davies or 20 out of Robbie Keane, then I'll take Davies. But if you said Robbie Keane would get 45 minutes, I'd probably take Keane. Yeah, I'm wondering what the number is. If it's 35 uh, or it would be a half. For 40 me. so 45. Yeah. Yeah, I'm probably staying away from Keane. I just I think there's still there. I think Galaxy will err on the side of caution with him. So Charlie, if it was between the two of them, and knowing that Charlie Davies is gonna gonna get the start and probably go the full game, it would definitely be Davies. Just from a fantasy perspective, you know, playing it safe and uh, I don't know. I mean, like I said earlier, Keane's probably He's such a force on goal that he's going to have some some shots on target if he even if he gets 15, 20 minutes, and he's probably going to score one of them. But you you still can't just take that risk. Yeah, I I guess we didn't even mention that Lee Lee Wynn isn't playing this weekend. I don't think so. Am I correct? No. Yeah, he got a red card. So yeah, I'm, I'm try, I've been trying to um figure out if that's going to open up some more. Options for Kellen Rowe to uh, get back in the mix, or if it's going to help. How about Kobayashi? I want Kobayashi to get in there a little bit. He's he's pretty much just like Lee Wynn, uh, di- even disregarding his heritage. Um, <laughs> I mean, Kobayashi he's, could get back in the mix. I mean, he's been he's a good playmaker. I mean, he could be. He's old and not like super. Um, I'm, he's not eye popping, but he can really link up the passes and set some people free in the attack. Yeah, so, Fagundes could benefit too. I mean, yep. he's uh, he's been an option off the bench as of late, and a couple of uh, really good opportunities that he could have put away. But Fagundes could be could benefit from Win being out. Uh huh. Guys, answered my. Second to last question before I could even answer it, so that was perfect. Thank you. Uh, but my last one, we're, I'm going to go back on the higher price guys just to finish this out. Um, in this, uh, <clears throat> back to the Red Bulls Sounders. Do you guys, JD, do you like um, BWP or Obafemi Martins more, and why? I like BWP more because Obafemi Martins is coming back from a, uh, I believe, a tibial contusion. Is that what it was? I, I believe that's and, what it was. And he just played last night. I. I just like BWP to to take care of business in Seattle. It's a like you said, these are two really high profile games, and it it just makes more sense to me to go with a guy who's healthy and on a really good Red Bulls team. I know their offense has been lackluster recently, but they're my my favorite for the MLS Cup right now. Yeah, they, I feel like the Sunday games have been pretty weak lately, and these. These are awesome. Yeah, I kind of wanted to wanted to ask you guys, um, maybe, do you think there's more than a fifty percent chance that 
we'll we'll see two of these four teams in the MLS Cup final. Yeah, it's possible. I think Seattle's probably a front runner for sure. And uh Red Bulls they've got the talent, so and New England, I mean, I mean New England and LA included just on the Sunday slate. Those are four of the best teams in the league when they're healthy. Yeah. yeah are they not the best four? Yeah. Um Dallas, Dallas and Columbus. Maybe, yeah. Columbus would get in there, DC um even though you don't really think a DC is a team that you'd put in the mix. And Vancouver showed a lot early in the year, but they've really been on the on the downswing lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Dallas is probably out of the gate, and they've they've shown me that they could probably be an MLS Cup competitor. Uh, I think yep. Toronto FC is actually kind of uh, one of those teams that could make a run at the end of the season. If they get it together, they've got the talent. Maybe they uh, pull it together at the right time. Uh, but, yeah, as far as this four-game slate, yeah, L.A. is always in the mix. New England, obviously, you know, made that run last season. The and Red then, Bulls still have a, a designated player spot to fill as well. Yeah. And they probably are not going to waste it on a name like New York City FC will waste their third one on. <laughs> I can't complain because I'd be so excited if they got a Pirlo or Drogba. Those are that, those are it. Those are the two options. I think that they're. I don't think they'd be good for the team per se, but I think I think Pirlo would be more helpful than Drogba. Yeah, me too. They have such a difficulty moving the ball to their forwards, which is frankly Lampard is going to be a huge help, you know, as long as he can stay fit. But right, um, they don't they don't need another guy up front to to hold the ball. They need somebody to get the ball to David Villa and. Even a guy like Shelton on the outside. You know what's really sad about that? That they have so much trouble getting the ball to their forwards. They're the third highest possession team mm-hmm. in, in the league. Yep, and it's all it's all back. <laughs> it's all mixed disc rude passing to the center back, back mm-hmm. and forth yep. inside their own half. Yeah, he's pretty frustrating to watch. <laughs> I Especially just don't watch. That's <laughs> awful. Because you're right, it is just it's kind of the look up and then nowhere to go. All right, I'll pass it back, and then they swing it out wide and then it comes back to mix and it's ugh. Lampard will be will be helpful but I went to their opener where they won and they haven't won since <laughs> zero wins go. since then show up this weekend let's see some Davia love yeah, there you go I don't know if Houston's going to be the one to give up the uh, <laughs> the second win of the season but we'll see if the, the, the Via breakout game with the uh, four goals could do it yeah so I didn't see that uh, Philly at New York last weekend, so MLS is just uh, you yeah, never know. That's true. That's right. You really do never know. That's the beauty of the league. If we have any Premier League listeners, for whatever reason, still still tuning in right now, <laughs> I mean, MLS is fun in its own way. It doesn't have to be the best league in the world. Yeah, I totally, the the parody just in the players is is what makes at least the the fantasy part of it really fun. Yep, as we've named it. 7,000 people that you should get into your 10-man lineup for the weekend. <laughs> Which I'm sure Skyler will have each one of them by the end. I'll uh, definitely have Iguain, Kamara, and Kaka. This for JD. <laughs> he did it with invite, uh, Bruin and Wando. A, yeah, invite me to a head-to-head. We'll have round two. There it is. All right, guys, that's the uh, end of this week's podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening, if uh, there's anybody still left. But uh, it's been... Very, very helpful, guys, because uh, I'm not, I don't have the uh, the pedigree 
for Major League Soccer that you guys do. So I, I learn just as much as anybody else listening. So thank you for for that. And uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully without any thunderstorms uh, putting us off. And uh, although Skyler may have to now do all of his lineups from his iPhone just to make sure to keep that luck going. And uh, I'll talk to you guys next week. All right. Good luck, guys. guys. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.